Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Hey everybody, it's AEW Unrestricted, official podcast of all elite wrestling. I am Aubrey Edwards, referee and a do a bunch of other shit. And then we've got Alex here, guest co-host, but he's absolutely been killing it. I'm so happy Alex has been able to help us out with the podcast. Well, Tony Schiavone's been an asshole slash really busy. So thank you so much for always filling in, man. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Always so much fun. And Aubrey, I'm so excited to be talking to our guest because I always re- refer to her uh, when I'm doing Spanish commentary as La Chica del 305. Yes. The girl from 305. It's none other than Diamante in the house. Hola. You already know I appreciate the introduction, Alex. <laughs> Anytime. It's so great to finally connect with you. I'm so excited for everyone to hear your story. So excited for us to have this chat. So welcome, Unrestricted. Me too. I'm excited because I feel like I don't get to talk much. So I'm excited to talk and, you know, tell my story and to be on the podcast finally. Exactly. Like I, as soon as like Stacy sent me the email invite for this, I'm like, how the hell have we not had Diamante on this yet? Like, <laughs> it's just so silly. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I just fly under the radar because I'm just, you know, so chill. Very chill, which is very appreciated on show day because it can be very chaotic and to have like a calm and like soothing presence in the locker room when everyone else is just like, oh, fuck this, fuck today. And you're just like, no, nah, man, it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy because on show days, like I, I can always feel how tense it is and everybody's, you know, busy running around. And I like to refer to myself as a, an emotional support human. Yes. So <laughs> I'm always like always mischievous, always trying to make somebody uh, laugh, like break the ice, you know, just so they can relax and just remember to enjoy the moment and, you know, not be so worried about it. Speaking of emotional support, human, one of my favorite things about Jacksonville was when you and Kiera would bring in Blaze, mm-hmm. which I mean, we have to talk about because he's like the cutest dog. And now he's got a little brother. So <laughs> talk about how amazing your dogs are for a minute. Honestly, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I, I will talk about my dogs forever. And I believe they were the real MVP of the pandemic. Oh, 100%. Yep. Literally, like they would play soccer with Penta and Angelico and just, you know, keep everybody's spirits lifted. And John Moxley, I've never really seen him. Mox is Mox, right? Yeah. Crazy Mox. I've never seen him crumble down to his knees and make these funny, like, I'm playing with the baby noises. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing him play with Blaze, I was like, okay, everybody loves dogs. Like, that's it. Doesn't matter how hard you are, how soft you are. A dog is going to just make you melt. I'm not a dog person, but I like your dogs. That's that's a big testament to how amazing they are. A lot went into training them. Um, Blaze has amazing impulse control. Like, I got to post a video of uh, when I feed him. He's the best. 
Like he will not touch his food unless I say, okay, sometimes I make him wait like 30 seconds and he, he'll just, wow. It's like, I'm not supposed to be touching my food here, right? She hasn't said go. He'll wait. He won't go until I tell him, go ahead. There you go. You can't even train me to do that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I always like eat Kira's food. I'm like, oh, I have to make sure it's not poison so you can eat it now. <laughs> Very kind of you. You're just carrying. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. You've you've had a number of bangers recently. Willow Nightingale, Riho multiple times. You've you've been taking that like main event spot on Dark, which has been awesome. And it's one of those like you've always been such a great wrestler. And I think just because you're so caring and supportive of everybody, like I, I think everyone appreciates when someone like that ends up getting that spotlight a little bit. Yeah. I remember recently, like when you had the the rematch with Riho, we were literally talking about it. Like, man, remember that match you had with Riho and how great it was? And, like the card came out. And we're like, yeah, let's fucking go. This is awesome. Dude. And honestly, I love working all the Joshis. Like Riho is no exception. I've had awesome matches with Ryo Mizunami, with Shida. Um, I've tagged with Emmy a bunch of times and... I feel like me and Riho had some pretty good chemistry, but like that's going back to, I feel like I have good chemistry with the Joshis anyways. Cause you know, we just kick each other's asses and um, mm-hmm. I just love like how intricate their moveset is and how well I play off of it. Just fun. And it's a good spot to be in to main event dark. Like somebody's got to do it. Why not me? And, and do you find that you have favorite styles that maybe are not, similar to yours that you really mesh with or does not really matter for you given the fact that you're pretty much a a veteran at this point and have faced all different styles you know what it doesn't really matter because i just love to kill it i love making people's moves look good Uh, i just like having like these really good moments where you're like oh holy shit that looked pretty brutal so i just that's what i like to do i like to have a good time out there like to make sure my opponent is safe and their stuff looks good and then yeah get my shit in too that's the the mark of a veteran wrestler just making sure everybody looks good and everybody's safe that's that's mm-hmm. the most you can ask for yeah so you actually uh originally came to us i think early 2020 before everything shut down and you had a debut against big swole yes and i remember this because i was like oh good we got diamante here so she's gonna fucking kill it and then we gotta sign her because she's amazing uh, <laughs> and I think you and Swole had worked together before on the Indies, right? Yes. She's actually a really good friend of mine. Yeah. So, so what was that match like with you? Um, well, she is a really good friend of mine and I believe that she personally requested this match. I, I believe they were going to have her work maybe like, a somebody maybe a little less well-known or like somebody a little more random. Maybe like a local or something. Yeah. And then she went to Kenny Omega. She was like, if we're going to Miami... There's one person I need to wrestle, and that's Diamante. He said, okay, well, that sounds great. And literally wrestling from, like, in your hometown, like, at the UM Arena at the Wasco Center, like, I have been there for concerts. The first, uh, my first ever concert was Evanescence, and I saw them there. Ah, Huge, huge fan. Uh, And I saw them there, and just wrestling there was iconic because, you know, the Miami Hurricanes play there, big fan of them. And uh, we were the first match on the show and I had an entrance and I was just like, oh, it was just, it was so overwhelming for me, but in a good way, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is all happening. And we killed it, man. We had a banger. It was really good match. And you were probably my favorite part of the match because 
there's certain moments we're rocking and rolling. The crowd is just coming up and you're like, you guys are doing fucking great. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> like your, your encouragement, literally, it gives like a second wind and like, it's so important. And I really appreciate you. Thanks. I'm pretty sure you get this all the time. I don't know if you do, but I'm, I'm putting you over right now. Thanks. You're the best part of the match. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Those little... <laughs> encouragements are the best from you. I always just feel like wrestlers kind of like get caught in the moment where they're focused on like what they're doing, making sure they're selling. What's the next move? Where do I need to sell to? And you kind of like just forget that you're in front of all these people that are loving you. Oh, no, so no. I try to just remind you that it's like, hey, everyone's loving this. You're doing great. It's awesome. Like, I just try to be like supportive mom in the middle of the match, I guess. I don't know. For sure. No, it's it's much needed. Like you said, we're just tunnel vision and we're trying to remember our job and the cameras and do our thing. And it's it's a nice refresher and a reminder. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, let's talk about something that's kind of complete opposite of that match that you just mentioned, that the crowd was going nuts. Let's talk about a match that had absolutely no yeah. crowd, no fans. Just a few months later. <laughs> which was your dynamite debut against Ivelisse. So tell us what that was like debuting on Dynamite with no fans against Ivelisse. Wow. You know, it was crazy, but so girls do customs all the time, right? And custom matches are, you know, if you're paying for the match, you can write out a script and that's usually shot in front of no people. So I guess I was kind of used to it. But when it's for TV, it's like, okay, this is not just a custom match. It's not relaxed. It's not laid back. And me and Evie actually beat the shit out of each other. Like I was, she was just whacking me and chopping me, hit me. And I was like, give me more. Is that all you got? It was intense. Mm -hmm. I snuck out with the victory in that match. So it was pretty good. But yeah, really intense, really hard hitting. And Ivelisse is somebody that I respect deeply. Uh, she's also a veteran in this game. Yeah. And I kicked her ass and I came out with the W. It was hard hitting. I can't say that we had, you know, the energy from the crowd. <laughs> so it was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to have to dig deep in myself. And, you know, because when we get the crowd, it's it's easier to feed off. Just feed off of their energy. I feel like everyone kind of fed off of Austin Gunn's energy. Hmm. That only goes so far. <laughs> he was Austin Gunn was definitely the unsung hero of the pandemic era. I don't know how he did it every night. He just gave us everything all his energy i'm like man he's ringside and he's giving us all this i can appreciate that and then again i can appreciate all the boys and it was the same same at 9 p.m same at 2 a.m like he, he never had an off switch there was no down there was no down it was always just a constant high right and i'm just like is he just gonna crash and like die once we're done like <laughs> how how is this gonna happen he never did he was wonderful never did so it's it's funny that you had your dynamite debut against ivalice because then you guys went on to win the women's tag team tournament as partners so how how did you go from enemies on dynamite to partners in this awesome tournament you know what i feel like it was kind of like a street thing you have to like earn respect. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You kind of have to like put the other person through the ringer and see what they're made of. And I believe that Evie, I'm sure she thought she would be the victor in that match. And it, I, you know, like I said, I beat her and I'm sure she didn't expect it. So I'm sure I earned her respect. Yeah. I earned her respect. And I guess she felt like I was good enough to tag with her to try and win some tag team gold. And, you know, we actually did that. We were the first ever tournament champions for AW. 
remember that final suit because I think it was you uh, versus Brandy and Bunny. Yes. And and like everyone at that point was just like, oh, my God, like this is everything about that. Like it was just structured so well. It was awesome. Like everyone who was teaming together was just like, these are good matches. These are great mixes of people. Mm -hmm. It was just so incredibly awesome. And I was so proud of you to see you win this thing. As I said before, you want to see good people who are putting in the work get the recognition they deserve. So super awesome. We're having an awesome, awesome conversation with Diamante here on AEW Unrestricted. More coming up. Hey, it's Alex and Aubrey back at Unrestricted with La Chica del 305, Diamante in the house. And Diamante, we were just talking about before the break about how you're one half of the uh, women's tag team tournament winners, if you will. But I want to talk about something that was, I'd say, almost equally as exciting because you had a chance to take on Jade Cargill on Rampage Grand Slam in Arthur yeah. Stadium. And not only that, but you had Trina by your side. Tell us about that moment. Oh, talk about legendary Miami-born people, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm a legend in my city because, you know, <laughs> I got the entrance with Trina. Yep. She's just the go of Miami. Like, you can't mention Miami without mentioning Trina or Trick Daddy, Pitbull. And uh, it was just iconic. And honestly, it was in front of how many thousands of fans? Was it like 20,000 at Arthur? 22,107, I believe. It was wild. It was wild. The match, it wasn't the longest match, but I will say that I stood in the ring and I looked up and I just took the moment in because I was probably, not probably, that was most definitely the biggest crowd I had ever been in front of. Most definitely. And it's iconic Arthur Ashe. And it's somebody like Jade Cargill who's literally been unstoppable. I thought I had a good chance, but she she just shut me down. She was too powerful. But, but... That's not to say that I haven't been watching her tapes and strategizing. Mm. All right. So the rematch could be coming. I let it I let it slide the first time. I made a bunch of mistakes that I shouldn't have. You know, I'm a vet in this business. But let round two come around. And I'm telling you, <laughs> it's going to be different. The outcome will be different. If you don't believe it, no one will. So I appreciate it. That's right. No, I'm telling you right now, I'll kick her ass. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to get some revenge from Trina after what she did you. You know what? I feel like Trina was showing me tough love. I felt like she was <laughs> right. slightly embarrassed. You know, I didn't really represent the city well. So it was kind of like, mm. oh, you're not going to represent the city? Well, I'm cool with Jade anyway. So let me go hang on her side. You know, I want to be a part of the winner's circle. And I get it. I get it. I'm not even mad. I want to be a part of the winner's circle too. I feel like in the inevitable rematch, Jade with Trina in her corner... And then you with Cardi B. No doubt. <laughs> Yo, Cardi B's a wrestling fan. Oh, my God. Like, none of us knew. And then all of a sudden, she's, like, retweeting this thing. And it's like, oh, my God, Cardi's watching the show. This is great. <laughs> she retweeted the the tweet with me and Trina. I'm like, oh, that's totally me on a tweet that Cardi B posted. And then we were on the shade room. All kinds of, like, celebrities were posting us. It was great. Oh, my God. So absolutely amazing. So this is something I didn't actually know, despite like going through the entire pandemic with you guys, that Casey Navarro is your brother? Yes. What? what? I, when I heard this, when we were prepping for the show, my mind was literally blown. I was like, what? No, I almost text you. I'm like, is this? I had no idea. Yeah, that's my little brother. Um, He just, he didn't want it. 
out there because he's like, look, I don't really want to be in your shadow. We we can start telling people once I get like bigger and, you know, so I'm not riding your coattails. Wow. Kid's a workhorse. He inspires me. His passion for this business. The kid doesn't stop. He's talking to his phone all day. He's talking to a mirror all day. He's cutting promos on Instagram live. He's talking to his fans. He doesn't stop. He eats, lives, and breathes professional wrestling. Damn. And having him around, like, we we talk every day. We FaceTime every day. He makes sure that I'm in the gym. I make sure he's not skipping leg day. You know. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, guys like to work out the upper body, but they forget about the foundation. <laughs> I make sure he's not skipping leg day. I make sure he's eating his meals and not just chicken nuggets. Uh, you know, so he gets big. But yeah, he's um he's the best little brother that I could have ever asked for. He's uh he's workhorse and he loves his business. So did you guys like grow up both loving wrestling? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a a big John Cena, Zack Ryder, Roman Reigns guy. Like Oh my god. Huge. Like he dresses up like <laughs> he dressed up like them all the time and he's just those are his heroes. And um, he's actually getting to wrestle Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zach Wright, soon <gasps> for, I think, a promotion in, I can't remember which promotion it was, somewhere in his area, like New Jersey, PA. But yeah, he gets to wrestle Matt Cardona in a couple weeks, and he he sent me the picture of him doing a meet and greet with Matt Cardona, and he had to be, like, 11 years old. Wow. And he's 23 now, like, fast forward a decade, and he's going to get to main event with one of his idols, which is pretty cool. It's very cool. Very proud of him. Very proud of him. That's incredible. The things you learn. Wrestling, such a small world. This is this is so cool. Yeah. Speaking of wrestling, let's back up a little bit. How did you get into this crazy world of professional wrestling? Uh, tell us about that. Were you always a big wrestling fan growing up? Like we all are, right? Always a huge fan. Mm-hmm. So I lived with my grandma. So my mom and my dad got divorced. Sad story. Um, and then I went to go live with my grandmother for like two or three years. And my grandmother at the time was raising my uh, cousin who was going through a uh, long story. Like he had a uh, bone marrow cancer. Oh, wow. In his leg. So one of his legs got amputated. Um, he was in and out of the hospital. Yeah. Like she cared for him a lot. So he was like my hero growing up because I was like, man, he was almost like he had like a 30% chance of living. Oh, wow. Um, and he made it through. He beat chemo. He beat cancer and um, made a full recovery. And literally, he had one leg, but he was the fastest kid that I know. Like, he didn't let anything slow him down. He kicked ass. And, you know, uh, he kind of always had his way. And we were, it was me, my sister, my cousin, and my mom in a one-bedroom on bunk beds. And he had his, it was just one TV. So he decided what was on the TV and he would always put wrestling on. And one day I was just like, uh, I can't, I can't even remember what I saw, but I just remember being captivated and being so angry at the heels, at the bad guys in wrestling. I'm like, oh, they're so evil. I want them to get their ass kicked. Hmm. And uh, I was just captivated by the sport and the drama and the storylines. Fast forward a couple of years. I was still watching wrestling in high school and I was like, man, I got to be the only one who still watches wrestling. Like, I don't know who else watches wrestling still. Right. <laughs> one day I'm in high school. Shout out Miami High, home of the Stingrees. 
um, class of 09. Uh, I was in high school one day having lunch. And I remember hearing a group of people talking about like the Monday Night Raw that just happened. And I, my ears. Your spidey senses were tingling. Yeah. I was like, oh, I kind of just invited myself in the conversation. And those close group of people became my friends. And it turns out that they had this own their own little backyard fed called ETW Extreme Teen Wrestling. <laughs> And I was like, you guys have what? They're like, yeah, we have our own little backyard fed. And I'm like, mind you, I had no idea what the concept of their backyard fed was. So I was like, I got to check this out. My mom was pretty strict about making sure after school every day I went home on the bus. I can't miss the bus because she paid for the bus, right? Mm. So I can't miss it because I'm going to have to probably walk home, right? So my friends were inviting me for weeks and for months. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go one day. I'll go one day. One day after school, one of my best guy friends is standing there. And he's like, you've been telling me for weeks. You still haven't come. And I go, you know what? I'll go today. Pick up the phone and call my mom. Say, hey, mom, I'm not going to get on the bus today, but I'm just letting you know. Okay. I'm going to go to my friend's house because they have a backyard wrestling thing. It's totally fine. No worries. No worries. I'll be home later. All I can hear is. You better get on that bus. All right. Bye, mom. Love you. I got to my friend's house and some of them were a part of the uh, production class where you like film like the morning news and stuff like that. So they had camera equipment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they borrowed the camera equipment from school and they were cutting promos. Oh, my God. I know, right? Like there was production. High production backyard fed. (laughs) There was production at this backyard show. Okay. They were cutting promos and putting it together and they literally taped their stuff on VHSs to have like a whole show. And I was just blown away by the effort put in. I was like, whoa, they're serious about this. Like, this is a real thing. And I just joined them. I think I ran at somebody, gave them a crossbody, and I was like, something tingled inside of me. I was like, oh man, this is definitely what I got to do. I know what I want now in life. <laughs> Damn. I hung out with them and did their little backyard thing. And then we got transferred to someone who was training professionally. And that was uh, my trainer. Uh, his name was Rusty Brooks. God rest his soul. He passed during the pandemic. And uh, yeah, he trained a bunch of backyarders and made us pros. Here I am. Fast forward 12 years later. It's always always funny hearing people who are like, oh, yeah, I just wrestled around the backyard and then got trained and now I'm on TV. Like, <laughs> it's literally one of those like dreams come true type things, right? Yeah. Sometimes I like I, I get to work or I get to AW and I'm I'm there backstage at production and I, and I look out at the empty arena. And I'm like, man, like I'm just amazed to be where I am sometimes like and, and grateful always. You know, it's always the little things. I always take in the moment. Even if I'm not on the show, I just look around. I'm like, wow, I'll be wrestling here later. You know, it's nice. That's super cool. Yeah. So before you were Diamante, you were Angel Rose. <laughs> so share share the name behind that name and gimmick and kind of like, where did the transition happen? Man, like I said, I was in high school and I was obsessed with wrestling I was in class, like writing spots down, like kind of like a <laughs> sky blue <laughs> reminds me a lot of my younger self. Cause she comes to AW. She's just got notebooks and pages of ideas. And I'm like, 
Like she warms my heart because I'm like, man, I was like that once upon a time, just nonstop. She's like everybody's little sister. Yeah, like just nonstop thinking about wrestling and just writing it down like in your class, like in your notebook and stuff. And I'm like, I got to have a cool name, right? Because you can't be a wrestler with like a whatever name. So I'm like, what can I throw together? And I was like, um, sometimes I'm like really, really deep in thought. And I, I like things to have significant meaning that mean a lot to me. So I have angel wings tattooed on my back. And I feel like I've always... My father passed away like three days before my 10th birthday. So I feel like I named myself Angel because I always feel like there was an angel watching over me and guiding me. And I was like, like, he's got to be it. So, so yeah, I always felt like I just needed, you know, like a, like a higher power, like a higher energy source. So I'm like, Angel connection. Okay. My dad, that's a way to put my dad in it. He's my angel. That's going to be my first name. And then I just like roses. I have a rose tattoo on my arm as well because it's, uh, you know, roses signify love. And I have a lot of love. I have a big heart. I have a lot of passion. So and that's who Angel Rose was. She was a fearless, crazy little bastard (laughs) who wasn't scared to throw her body around. And and she didn't uh, second guess anything. Very fearless. So, yeah, I always brought my dad's energy to the ring and stuff. I always had that in my back pocket that like he's watching me and he's guiding me in every mindset I have. Oh, that's a great story. So where did you uh, transition into Diamante? How did that come to be? That was in 2017 when I got signed to Impact Wrestling and I got linked up with Conan and somebody you may know as Santana and Ortiz. You know, just these two little guys. You know, we formed (laughs) formed this pretty uh, iconic reversion of LAX for sure the Latin American exchange and I was there with Conan backstage and he's like oh we need a name for you and I'm trying to think of something and I'm like man I want to think of something that sounds cool that's not like just generic or like corny and literally I'm standing in front of Conan and he's he's got this magic about him when he before he cuts a promo before he does a segment he kind of paces back and forth and he's like talking to himself. He looks like he's rapping. <laughs> he points at me and he's like literally like this. He goes, I got it. How do you like Diamante? And I go, it's perfect because it's not just regular. And, in, you know, in English, it means diamond. Mm-hmm. Like some of the, the hardest, toughest stuff you can think of. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, let's do it. That sounds perfect. And so, yeah, Conan blessed me with that name. That's awesome. I had no idea. I love Conan. Every time I get a chance to see him, I'm like, man, this guy's freaking great. He's so awesome. He is a character. And to work with him, it's like witnessing magic. Like it's it's pretty phenomenal. He's got a mind for this business like no other. He's amazing. He's amazing and he's done amazing things for people. And I'm so I'm, many people. So many people. So many people. And this is this is AEW Unrestricted coming up. We got more conversation with Diamante, including fan questions. AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey, Alex, Diamante. We're having an awesome conversation. And just before we get to fan questions, I want to touch on this a little bit. So you and Kiara are together. And one of the things I love about you guys is how open you are with your relationship and like just getting it out there in the public. And being such huge advocates for the LGBTQ community 
and representation in general. And I know that's as someone who's also in that a part of that community, like I really appreciate that. And it's awesome seeing the both of you both thrive, but also being supportive of each other. Can you talk a little bit about when you and Kira decided to go public with all that? For sure. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it was all very new for me because I'm used to keeping everything on the inside. Like I don't let my personal life out there or put it out there. I'm not like over the top with them, very private, reserved. I was never honestly before Kira, I was never comfortable with my sexuality because I'm like, uh, you know, it's wrestling. I don't wanna like weird people out i don't know how everybody's gonna feel but that's just me living in my own head you know what i'm saying as opposed to living freely for myself um kiera actually gave me a lot of that confidence like i think we gave each other the confidence we didn't have to be out and like just ourselves with our relationship it was very very different for me because like i said i was used to being just to myself and then just getting with her and, and seeing how happy I was. I was like, this doesn't deserve to be hidden or kept behind closed doors. Like this deserves to just for people to see it and maybe to be inspired. 100%. It was, uh, it was crazy because she announced it online and it kind of broke the internet. There was like news articles about it. And I was like, whoa, okay. This is impactful. Like, like this is probably going to make like a change. Like, negative or positive, it's going to make a change. And it's just cool to be that, not like the forefront. It's just cool to be like, hey, look, I'm... You are the change. I, right, right. Because I talk about it so much. I'm like, oh, I wish somebody would do it. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I should step up and, and do it. So it's really, really, really cool. It's a relief, to be honest with you. It's nice to just feel supported and to be myself and ourselves around our friends and coworkers and have like, like I said, undying support because everybody loves us and supports us. So it's, it's, uh, it was life changing for sure. What's also neat about it is the fact that you also get to work together, obviously now in AEW, but in the past, you've also had an opportunity to tag up and win gold. So you were the, uh, the wild tag team champs for a while. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Me and Kiera did win gold at women of wrestling. We won this tournament to become the the new uh, tag team champions. They hadn't had tag team champions in years. We we won those inaugural tag belts, and it was just it was really cool because we are both units by ourselves, but together we're like a force. It's just iconic to like win gold with your significant other. It's it's kind of hard when you're in like a I guess a heterosexual relationship. You can't just win tag team belts with your significant other but you know we we get to do that <laughs> that was cool yeah it's kind of dope i didn't really think about that 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 makes a lot of sense it's like this isn't an opportunity that a lot of people get to experience right like we wear each other's clothes we get to fit each other's clothes it's great a lot of people don't, <laughs> don't have that luxury like i she fits my shoes it's it's great <laughs> that totally opens up your shoe game too if you can uh, wear someone else's oh for sure i'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> yeah, winning just winning the winning the tag gold. It like I, I just love that our chemistry like in the ring like was showcased and like we have chemistry in the ring, outside of the ring. Like we're just we're really close. We're like best friends. So it's nice to 
have footage of that and to see how we look on camera. Yeah. And and for people that don't know you guys, like you guys are just perfect together. It's just so absolutely wonderful. It's it's one thing to see both of you thrive, but to see both of you thrive together at the workplace is just like, oh, it's so, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> this is wonderful. For sure. If she has a match, I'm there supporting her and tell, telling her, you know, she's got it and reminding her she's a superstar. And if I have a match, she's supporting me, number one. This is a nice segue into our fan questions. Uh, so Ryan Slee asks, if AEW did a mixed tag tournament, who would you want to tag with? Ooh, a mixed tag tournament. You know what? I'm going to have to look at Alex and say, I'm going to have to steal one of your guys and probably take Ray Phoenix. All right. That's a good choice. I want to see that. I think me and Phoenix would kill it and we would be a dope ass team. For sure. That's a really great answer. What a combination. Dude. My mind is blowing up thinking about it right now. Like, <laughs> I think there could be a lot of good stuff coming out of that. Oh, yeah. This is a really kind of topical uh, question that Exile to Halifax wants to know. With all this hype coming up about Wembley Stadium this year, if you could perform at any venue in the world, regardless of size or event, which would it be? Any venue in the world? Any. Oh, man. Talk about no pressure, huh? I don't I don't want to like have like a small answer and say, what is it, the arena called now? Because, you know, they went through different owners. The Kaseya Center in Miami. Was it the American Airlines? Yeah, the AAA. Yeah. I'm, I'm always going to refer to it as the AAA. Of course. That that would be it. But I'm trying to think like maybe like a Coliseum in Rome. I don't know. Something oh. like that. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what I want now. <laughs> you know, something like just completely out of the box. But Wembley's up there, but like something like the Coliseum would be sick. That's dope. Wow, that would be cool. I don't think they've had many wrestling matches there. Uh, yeah, but you know, why not? Maybe back in the day. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. They were different kinds. Different kind of wrestling. Really glad someone's asking this question because I want to talk about this and uh, highlight all of your work in this. Uh, Deadite Phil asks, so you've been working on a new training program, focus on fitness. You have in incredible conditioning and just like the progress that you have displayed in the last few months yeah i mean like look at it put those guns away like you're gonna need a license ma'am <laughs> so so what what has that been like like what was the impetus for that and you know what is your training program right now it is a a lot of cardio and carb cycling yes i got the knowledge i actually have another brother an older brother his name is ricky martinez he's actually a wrestler as well he competed in his first bodybuilding competition back in uh, the, the, the December and I was blown away and inspired by what he was able to achieve in his physique. He won first in his class in size and he gave me a diet and I was like, I want your diet. And it was a lot of egg whites, a lot of uh, cream of rice. I have a bomb ass cream of rice recipe it involves blueberries, bananas, cinnamon, sugar-free syrup, You'll thank me later. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll be getting that on Wednesday. For sure. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it, it was it's intense because I went from eating maybe two to three times a day to five meals a day. Mm. It's just constant. Yes. All day, every three hours eating food. So I would wake up in the morning and do 30 minutes fasted cardio. So cardio, no food in your belly, just maybe some water, maybe some black coffee to not break the fast. Cardio 30 minutes every morning, 
get a meal in, get another meal in, hit the gym for about an hour and a half, two hours, and then cardio after the gym session, 20 minutes. Wow. I was doing that every single day for four months. These are the results, baby. There you go. Paid off. Five meals a day, cardio, carb cycling. And I actually have a food scale that I, that doesn't leave my counter. I had to weigh all my food. Oh, same. It's just one of those, like, you got to make sure your macros are legit. People outside of like athletics, I think don't truly realize it's not just bodybuilders who are eating constantly. It's like you have to eat constantly to the point that like, it's, it's annoying. Like I loved food. And now that I've started like really focusing on nutrition, I'm like, man, I really don't want to eat right now. But it's like, it's been three hours. I have to. Uh, and it's like, it's just annoying how much you have to eat. It is. And it, it definitely takes some getting used to. I'm not going to lie. The first two weeks I was in a frenzy. I was like second guessing myself. I'm like, oh my God, am I going to be able to do this? But you have to remember in the process to trust it and to be kind to yourself. You have a bad day, it's okay. That's why we love tomorrow, right? There's always tomorrow. Just be kind to yourself and tomorrow's gonna be a new day. That's awesome advice. Yeah, the diet is intense, the carb cycling's intense. I would go to my mom's house, you know, Spanish parents love to feed you. Mm-hmm. You cannot not eat at a Spanish person's house. Like they're gonna force me. That's right. It's the rules. So I'm at my mom's house and she's serving me, and I'm like, Mom. Like, you got to take half this rice back. She's like, what do you mean? This is what I serve your niece and nephew who's like six years old. And I'm like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. I'm on a low carb week, mom. You got to you gotta work with me here. Yeah, it's definitely one of those like embarrassing things where you go to a restaurant. And you're like, if I could just have water. And you're like that person because it's like off your diet. And, mm-hmm. Man, I had to do that this weekend where I'm like, can I just get a cup of coffee? Is like people are ordering chicken fried steak and freaking JoJo's. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like I want to eat all of this, but I can't. It's a low carb day. <laughs> it's tough. It gets tough. So let's uh, let's move on to this question here, which I find pretty fascinating. So death, 42 gasm. I loved you in Pact of Vengeance. Yes. How much fun was it filming? And do you have any more movies lined up that you're going to act in? So Pact of Vengeance. Wow. What an experience. I actually got reached out to, I first, you know, sometimes as wrestlers, we get emails that you don't know if they're like legit or not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fans trying to fantasize book you for something. Yeah. I remember getting an email from this guy, but he sent me his like resume and the work that he's done. He sent me links. His name was Len Kabasinski. He's a director for indie films and he sent me a link to a bunch of his stuff. And I was like, okay, this guy seems legit. He sent me a contract over about the movie. And I was just happy that he wanted to cast me for the role of Ava Hernandez, which is this badass, like pretty much like a, not a bounty hunter, but just she's in this group of like mercenaries who like, take out the bad guys. So she's just like badass, like, you know, girl with the gun. <laughs> so uh, not not too far off from my character in wrestling. And um, I just thought it was really, really cool to be a part of that movie and to, you know, shoot prop guns. And uh, it was just really, really fun experience. Peter Avalon was a co-star and Peter's phenomenal. I loved working with him because he has a lot of acting and movie experience. But uh, it was cool. It was my first movie. And I learned a lot about how movies work. Len, also the director, he's 
amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but he choreographed a lot of the fight scenes. Whoa. He's a fan of wrestling, like I said, and he's a fan of my work. So he choreographed uh, the fight scene where I had like my wrestling moves in there in the movie. So it was really cool to get to do like a signature wrestling move of mine in a movie. It was awesome. That's really awesome. That is. It's like part of yourself becoming your character. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really cool. Like, it's legend, legendary status. We already talked about your pups a little bit, but I got to ask this question. LKW Artworks asks, where did your love of corgis start? My love of corgis started uh, in my previous relationship. My ex-girlfriend, her favorite dog was a corgi. I like that they're both hanging out in the frame right now, too. They, both, they, they knew we were talking <laughs> On about. command. Right? Yeah, very well. They know their spots. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they're much better at being a star than I am. Oh, they're like, all right, we made our cameo route. Oh, yep. <laughs> That's all you get. They don't work. They don't get paid by the hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, her favorite dog. And one day I was like, I'm going to be cute and see if I find one. And from the minute I got that corgi, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best breed ever and i spent a lot of time with corgis like training them i've become a little bit of a dog whisperer if i do say so myself (laughs) specifically a corgi whisperer i would say i just fell in love with the breed because of their personality they're they're stubborn they're hilarious they do funny stuff like sploot like i have this coffee mug i'm obsessed now but you see, there's a little sploot where their feet stick out. I was going to ask what a sploot was. I was like, uh. You know, they lay out, they lay out and then their back legs are just splitted out. Yeah. Like like that. Like that. Look, we already got a demonstration. Exactly. Boom. Well trained. Wow. On command. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So I just, yeah, I fell in love with the breed because they're the best. Uh, Queen Elizabeth had like 20 something of them and I can't blame her. Wow. I want to be the new Queen Elizabeth. You want to have 20-something? Yeah, why not? Why not? I even have a corgi, like, mood thing. Oh, my God, it changes. That's awesome. Like, he's not in a good mood, and then boom. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm having a good day. Today's a good day. Uh, not such a good day. This is how you know. Not so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Like awesome. th- This whole conversation's been awesome. I love that we got to touch on so many things from being an advocate to awesome dogs to being in movies and workout regimens. Like This was just a all-over conversation, but so absolutely fantastic, just like yourself. Oh, yeah. I know it's a little all over the place, too, kind of like myself. Whatever. I think it's a good representation of you. Like <laughs> this, this was an absolutely awesome podcast. Sure was. Thank you so much for being here today. And uh, I, I love you so much. <laughs> me, I love you more. Oh, you can follow Diamante Instagram and Twitter on Diamante L-A-X. And of course, you can listen to this podcast, new episodes every Thursday, all your favorite podcast platforms. Videos on Mondays on YouTube, just search AEW Unrestricted. You can watch all of AEW almost every day of the week. Dynamite on Wednesday, Rampage Friday, Dark Elevation, and Dark on Monday and Tuesday, respectively, where you can see this girl main eventing. You know, no big deal. Just all the time, whatever. And see all her. I'm just main eventing over here. All good. Yeah, no big deal. Just like rocking her guns without a license and just coming in main event and shit. Like, no big deal. I am Aubrey Edwards here with Alex Eberhentes. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up.